So we started uh, last night reading the book of Jonah together, and uh, we read the first chapter where uh, Jonah runs away from home. Um, he is supposed to go to Nineveh, but he winds up in uh, Tarshish, and um, he gets turned around. God sends this. Uh, God sends this uh, storm uh, to get uh, Jonah. Um, uh, turned around and back going the direction he's supposed to be going. And uh, Jonah thinks this storm is all about God being angry with him and trying to kill him. Uh, but God sends a fish, provides a fish to, um, to save Jonah. Because what the storm is really about is God getting Jonah's attention and God getting Jonah turned around. So uh, here's what happens next. Um, join me, uh, Jonah, chapter 2, um, starting with verse 1. Hear now the word of our Lord. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah unto dry land. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives tonight by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. So, uh, this story about um, this missionary um, who is uh, out in the middle of the jungle uh, preaching to this indigenous tribe, and uh, this particular tribe is a tribe of cannibals. And the first week, everything's going fine. Um, he seems to be making some headway, um, but um, about midway into the second week, everything goes south. And so this missionary finds himself being chased through the jungle by cannibals with spears and shields, and uh, and he tries to stay a couple steps ahead of them, and, and he's running, and, and he's moving these vines, and he, uh, and he gets to a clearing, and suddenly he finds himself surrounded by this tribe of cannibals. And not knowing what else to do, the missionary gets on his knees, and he prays. He says, Dear Lord, please... If you are up there, make Christians of all these cannibals right now. 
And I'm here to tell you, there was a bright shaft of light that came down from the sky. The clouds parted. There was a little bit of choral music. And every single one of those cannibals, uh, they also began to kneel. And they folded their hands and they said a prayer. Dear Lord, please bless this food which we are about to eat. Right? So we, uh, we uh, tend to pray uh, when we find ourselves in a tough spot, don't we? Right? We tend to get down on our knees when we don't know quite what else to do. Right? Just like the missionary with the cannibals and just like Jonah tonight. He doesn't quite know what else to do. Now, we picked all through the first chapter last night, but there's one thread we didn't quite pick on because I wanted to save it for tonight. And this was the thread of prayer. See, in the very beginning, chapter 1, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, Jonah hears God's voice. You might expect him to say, yes, Lord. You might expect him to say, no, Lord. Right? You might expect him to address the Lord in some way in prayer, but he doesn't. The very next verse, it says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and had it for Tarshish. Right? Jonah does not pray. Right? He, he, he hears God's voice. He knows what God's voice is telling him to do, but he does not stop in dialogue with God. He does not stop and tell God, here are my objections to this thing you're asking me to do. He just runs. Then later on in the story, Jonah uh, finds himself on the ship. There's a big storm, and the captain comes down to Jonah's quarters and says, Hey, we've tried praying to all these gods up there, and uh, why don't you pray to your god?" And Jonah doesn't pray then either, even though all the people around him are begging him to. Jonah doesn't pray. And then they, uh, they cast the lots, they roll the dice, and they decide uh, that Jonah is responsible for this storm. Um, and they, uh, they, uh, they, they interrogate him. And uh, then Jonah says, well, throw me overboard. And so they throw him overboard. Nowhere in this whole sequence of events does Jonah decide, hey, I should stop and pray. Right? Jonah has already decided what God is like. Jonah has already decided what God is up to, and he doesn't feel the need to talk to him about it, right? Then he gets swallowed by the fish. We're told he's in the fish for three days. Important Bible number, right? Three days, right? All kinds of important things happen in three days. But here's the point. Jonah waits three days, and then he prays, right? Jonah is trying to do anything but pray. And he doesn't pray until he's finally cornered. He doesn't talk to God until he, he, he is, is finally, he's, he's sitting in this fish um, with all of these acids and who knows what. And he, is, uh, he is just uh, doesn't know what else to do. Then he prays. It's like 
last resort, break in case of emergency. How many of us, I wonder, live like that? How many of us, and I'm going to get superhero again, how many of us think of prayer like, like the bat signal? You know that spotlight that, 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 that's, that's up on top of the skyscraper in Gotham City? And uh, most of the time it's, it's covered over by this cloth until things get so bad in Gotham City, there's so much crime running around, the Joker is on the loose, right? And Commissioner Gordon, he can't handle it all. Finally, he goes up to the top of that skyscraper, right? And he, he, he pulls the drape down, and then they plug the light in, and finally they ask Batman for help, right? How many of us, our prayer life is basically like that? We have to wait for things to get really, really, really bad before we start to pray. I think really, there are two reasons we don't pray. When you think about it, I mean, there are all kinds of reasons, but I I think it boils down to two camps, maybe. And, And the first one is, I don't pray because I don't really know how to pray. Or, or I don't really feel comfortable praying. There might be some of you that are in that camp. Everyone's told you you should pray. And, uh, and you believe them, and you feel like it would be a, a, a good thing to do. But every time you try and pray, it just it doesn't feel like you're doing it right. And it feels like you're talking into a phone, and, and nobody's on the other side. And so you think, well, what's the point? really. And so I think I'd like to get really practical with you tonight and just, you know, kind of a couple of pointers about prayer that I think would help you if you're in that camp. And the first thing I would point out is you should probably pray the way you're most comfortable. The way I was always taught to pray was to pray silently. Like the whole time I was growing up, it was like if you're really spiritual, right? You're praying silently. And what happens to me when I pray silently? It's like I just start out like saying the words in my head, right? Silently, just me and God, right? And then I start thinking about things, right? Usually comic books or TV or something like that. I start thinking about things. And then as my mind starts to drift, the things I'm worried about, things I'm thinking about, and then I fall asleep if it's late, right? And I've really not accomplished much. And so for me, praying silently is just not a thing that helps me. I have to pray out loud. I have to find a time and place when, like, there's no one around or I'll feel, guilt, I'll feel goofy, right? But I have to pray out loud. Other people... They feel goofy if they're praying out loud. They have to pray silently. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm saying you have to find a method that is most comfortable for you. I know people that, like, they have to to pray in a journal. They've got to write it out. To me, that feels like homework. But but to them, that's like how they communicate with God. And they've got this special journal just for their prayers. 
And these people are really faithful prayers, too. Because uh, when we're here, like on Sunday morning, we're talking about our prayer request, they're the ones that are jogging it down, right? Because they're going to journal about it later. And they can go back and flip through that journal and, and see what, you know, what prayers have been answered and what prayers have yet to be answered, right? That's not me, but for them, that's kind of their prayer language, right? Other people really like, like these pre-written prayers, Right? And they're just always on the hunt for them. And, uh, and whether it's the, the Lord's Prayer or, 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 or the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi or, or some other prayer they've dug up. Some people have like books full of prayers and, and there's like one for every occasion. And that helps them. Right? I'm sure there are ways that I'm not even thinking of right now. Right? But the important thing is that you find a way that works for you. And if something's not working, try something else. God just wants to spend time with you, right? God's not saying it has to be out loud or I can't hear it. God's not saying it has to be silent or, or it's not spiritual enough. God just wants to spend time with you. Um, I think about uh, taking time to listen. That's the other important thing. Right? We, when we pray out loud or we pray silently, the other thing we have to do is listen to God. What's God trying to say to me? Uh, my wife has this friend, and I can always tell when she's on the phone with this friend because um, my wife's side of the conversation is always, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, well, I, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, one time I, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Like this person just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and never lets the other person get a word in edgewise. Some of us, that's how we pray, right? We come to God with this big list of things uh, and we got to get through it and, um, and we never let that prayer breathe. We never let God respond to us, right? And maybe we just, we, we feel goofy, just listening. But it's important. If, if we're just uh, yakking on the other side of the line and we're not letting God speak into our heart and speak into our life, we're, we're, not, we're not receiving what God is wanting to tell us. I have, this, uh, I have this method that works really well for me. It's this little prayer I do. Um, and it, uh, I didn't make it up. It comes from the Bible. See, there's, uh, there's this place in uh, 1 Samuel where um, Samuel's a little boy. Um, he's living in the temple, and uh, he hears this voice at night. He says, Samuel, Samuel, right? And, uh, and Samuel hears that voice, and he thinks it's, uh, it's his father figure in the other room, Eli. And so he runs to Eli, and he says, Eli, Eli, you called me. And Eli wakes up and says, I didn't call you, Right? And so Samuel runs back and gets back in bed. And then he hears the voice again, Samuel, Samuel. And so he runs to Eli again. Eli says, I didn't call you. And the third time he wakes up Eli and Eli realizes that God is speaking to him. So Eli teaches Samuel this really simple prayer. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back and lay down. And this time when you hear God speak, I want you to say, 
speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. It's real simple, right? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That is my favorite prayer. When I don't know what else to pray, when I don't have the words, I just sit alone. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You can even breathe it in and out just a little bit. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, right? Just kind of do that a couple times and then wait on God. What's God going to tell me today, right? I approach God with that posture of humility. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. That works for me. Find what works for you. But the point is, you've got to listen. You've got to listen to what God's telling you. And then, then the final thing, if, if you're, you're having trouble praying, right? Um, find the language that works for you, listen, and then make a habit of it. That's so important. We try it once or twice and decide it doesn't work, right? You need to make a habit of it. Um, you need to find a time every day, I'm going to do this. And maybe when you're just getting started, it's like five or ten minutes, uh, maybe uh, when, you're, when you're really digging into it, you bump it up to 20 minutes, right? Um, now, some of you may feel like, I'm so busy, I don't have 20 minutes in my day. I think you do, right? All of us have 20 minutes in our day, right? All of us have the same amount of minutes in our day. You can find 20 of them to spend with God, right? have to make a daily habit of it. Here's why I think that's important. When I was growing up, um, I was about William's age, I think. My favorite movie was Karate Kid. Anyone ever seen Karate Kid? Well, Karate Kid's about this, uh, this little boy named Daniel San who wants to, uh, wants to learn karate. And so he gets this instructor named Mr. Miyagi. And uh, Mr. Miyagi is this, this guy that knows karate really well. And so Mr. Miyagi... Um, uh, uh, tells Daniel Song he's going to teach him how to uh, do karate, but first um, he needs to do a couple chores around the house, right? And so um, the you know he has uh, he has Daniel San um, uh, paint the fence, right? And he's very particular about the way Daniel San paints the fence, up and down like this, paint the fence, right? And um, he starts to slack a little bit and just slop it around. And he's like, no, no, paint the fence like this, right? And then he wants him to wax his car, right? And he's just kind of smearing around, and Mr. Miyagi's like, no, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off, right? And, uh, and then there's, uh, there's sand the floor, right? And you're supposed to sand the floor in a certain way, and if he starts to get sloppy, Mr. Miyagi's, no, 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 no. Well, one night, Daniel-san gets angry, it occurs to him, I've been working for this fool half my summer, and I've not learned a lick of karate. And so, uh, so he confronts Mr. Miyagi. He says, here all this time, I'm supposed to have been learning karate, and you're just taking advantage of me. You're just making me do chores around your house. And, uh, and Mr. Miyagi, oh, this, this is so awesome. Mr. Miyagi, like, suddenly comes at him, Right? But as he's coming at him, he says, wax on. And without even thinking, right, Daniel-san just whoosh, wax on, and he blocks the blow, right? 
And, it, and then he comes at him from the other direction, whacks off. And without thinking, Daniel-san just whacks off and he blocks the blow, right? And then, uh, then he does a thing with paint the fence where he's like blocking a thing and he's sanding the floor, right? It's so cool. Here's the point. <laughs> I'm not just telling you about my favorite movies. There is a point. Um, <laughs> the point is sometimes it feels like drudgery. Sometimes it feels like we're doing this prayer, this thing every day, and it's just not paying off. Sometimes we're not even sure why we're doing it. But when the time comes and you need it, it will be second nature. You'll be ready to do it. And that's why it's so important to make a habit out of it. So that, uh, so that when the dark time comes, when the time that you need to pray the most, when you're in the belly of the fish, you already know how. That's what's important, right? So that's practical advice for people that are in that camp of, I don't know how. There's the second camp. I've decided not to. I've decided not to. Now we have different reasons for this, right? Uh, maybe you've decided not to because, because you, you prayed for something in the past and it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. And so you decided, well, um, if God's not going to listen to me, so why am I going to talk to him, right? So you've decided not to. Maybe you've decided not to because you feel far away from God. I hear that all the time. You know, I just, I feel far away from God, so I'm not going to pray. I'm sorry. It's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? Because the way you feel close to God is you pray. And so if you're not praying because you're feeling far away from God, like you're in this cycle, right? You're, you're in this, this downward spiral. It's when you feel far away from God, that's your soul telling you to get on your knees and pray. For some people, that's the reason. I, I feel far away from God. And then some of us have just decided, for whatever reason, it's not that important. It's not a big deal. In churches, we decide this too. Just like by everything we do, like prayer is like last on the list. Right? We need to have these committee meetings. We need to do, um, fill out all these tables. We need to do all these important things, right? They ask us, like, how many people have, like, sat in these pews? But they're going to ask us how many prayers we prayed, right? And that's the work of the kingdom. Not only is it important, it is the most important thing you can do. Because all those other things should be flowing out of prayer. All those other things you're doing and being in the world should, should be at God's direction. And if you're not listening to God, then you don't know what those directions are. You cannot bring about the kingdom if you're not praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And asking God what that is today, what that is this week. And as a church, we can't advance we're not all praying for God's vision for the church. It is the most important thing we do. And yet we 
we act as if it's the least important. So you find yourself in the belly of a whale. Find yourself in the murk, in the dark, and you're just kind of stuck. And prayer is the only way out. Prayer is the only way out. If Jonah hadn't prayed, he would have sat there for three more days. And if he hadn't prayed then, he would have sat there for three more days. Sometimes prayer is the only way out. And some of us can think of times when we were that stuck. When, when, when our life felt that dark, we felt like we were in the depths. And we can attest, we can testify, prayer was the only way out. About a year and a half before William was born, Crystal and I lost a child um, halfway through the pregnancy. She had to deliver it stillborn. It was a very difficult and traumatic experience for us. All I can tell you is prayer was the only way out for me. Prayer was the only way out. And there were times I didn't want to. There were times it felt like drudgery. There were times when I felt like no one was listening. But prayer was the only way out. Maybe you can, you've been through that time and you can testify and you can tell me what your whale prayer was. Maybe you're going through something like that right now. It feels like it's getting dark. It feels like the, the jaws of the fish are just closing around you and you're not sure what you're going to do and you need to pray a whale prayer tonight. Love that African proverb that says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Maybe you should have prayed before it all started, right? But the second best time is tonight. The second best time is right now. So that's what we want to provide you right now, a chance to pray. And um, I'm going to have Brooke play a little music. And here's what I've got for you. I've got this friend, Renee, and she's got this cricket, one of those machines that like cuts out the paper. And so she made us some whales, all right? And when you feel led, you can come up here and you can write your whale prayer, okay? And then you can put it in the water. You can watch the colors bleed a little bit. I think that's pretty cool. And um, maybe it's real private to you. Maybe you just want to do a similar word that only you know what it means. Or maybe you don't care if the whole church reads it. I don't know. But that's, that's your opportunity to pray that prayer, put it in the water, and then the altar's yours. To spend as little or as much time as you need. Um, if you raise your hand a little bit, then um, I'll come pray with you. Um, but uh, this time is yours. Come as you feel led. Mm -hmm. 